Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing in Masech the Shabbos Perik Zion, Mishnah Beis and Mishnah Gimel. And in a way, this is the more excite, most exciting Mishnah in the Masech because this is go- the one that's going to delineate and list all 39 categories of Malachos, all, all 39 Avos Malachos of Shabbos, the Lamatas Malachos. And for brevity's sake, we're only going to read through the list. We're not going to explain much, although much of it is self-evident. So, let's begin. And one more quick thought or important thing to note is that the list is traditionally broken into six parts more for the for categorization sake than to list uh, an actual halachic ramification although we'll, we'll see there may actually be halachic ramifications but more for cla- classification so there are six parts the first set of malachos deal with the malachas asias lechem as we know the things that are prohibited on Shabbos are the things that were done in the Mishkan, or to build the Mishkan. And therefore, one of the things done in the Mishkan was they made lechem upon and they made the showbread. So, the first category is going to be the things that were done in order to bake the bread. So that's going to take us from Zorea, from planting of the wheat, or, the, or pl- even all the way down to the actual baking. Fo- following that is going to be the Malachas HaBegadim, the laws to make the Begadim, the various clothing and in, in the Mishkan, that's going to be followed by the Malachos of Kosher Umatir, which are, is what was needed oftentimes for the, um, excuse me, not Kosher Umatir, that's part of making the Begadim, that's going to be followed by the Malachos need for the Oros, to make the skins, to process the skins in the Mishkan, and then we're going to have the Melachas Bona Usoser. That's going to be for building the um, the crushing, making the actual structure, followed by um, the Melacha of, of Makeh Patish, which is going to be the final category, and that deals with the final blo- the final touches on everything. So again, that's for classification purposes. That's how it's, it's broken up. Now, let's begin. Hazareya. In the first of the 39 malachos, and this has to deal again with the malachos that go into baking the showbread, is planting, followed by the choresh plowing, hakotzer is reaping, hama'amir is gathering what once you've harvested it, hadash, you have to thrust it, thr- uh, thr- thresh it, has a ray if you winnow it, which is a way of removing the, the chaff from the wheat. Haborer is even a, a finer way of selecting whatever is left, whatever chaff is left. Hatochin, you have to grind it. Amaraki, now sift out any stones that may have been left after you grind it up or any larger pieces. Halosh is kneading. And the ofa is baking. And all those go into baking and to the showbread. Now, just an interesting idea. There are those who actually say that it's not about sidur at the pas. This is actually what, what else had to be had to be uh, baked in the base of Megdash, the dye, the various dyes when they were building the base of Megdash. So don't look at this list as the 39, uh, 39 actions that were done in the base of Megdash, rather the 39 actions that were done in order to construct a Megdash. And if that's true, so this first list is not about baking the bread, but actually making the dye. And if that is true, then there's a, there's a halachic ramification, a nafkamina, that the last one of the list is not going to be ofe baking, because you don't bake dye, but rather bishel, you cook dye. So it's going to depend on how you look at uh, uh, the this number 11 as cooking, the av is cooking, and the tolda is baking, or the av is baking, and the tolda, the subcategory, as cooking. Okay, the next 13 are going to be all the things done for making the cloth. Hagozat Zemri to shear the wool. Hamalavno to wash it. 
So you have to detangle it. That you dye it. you spin it into thread. you have to put it on the warp. So this is now it's going to be a little hard to describe. You should just go online and just type in even 18th century clothing making. You'll see this whole process. You put on the warp. You then have to set. It's called setting two heddles. Again, what that means, you have to go look online. But that's in these old-fashioned. Uh, these old-fashioned uh, weaving machine, weaving uh, machines. So uh, this was a way in which to ensure that things got done in a very, uh, in a very expedited and quality way. Then, when you weave the two threads. When you remove the two threads at the end, hakoshi when you tie the knot at the end of your uh, your bag that you just made, the matter if you untie a knot, the tofer state firos sewing two stitches, hakarmanas the state firos and tearing in order to sew two stitches. All these are the the other the rest in the category of making the garments. Next one is the things done in the preparation of animal skins. So at Sud Svi, the first thing you have to do is get the skin. How do you do that? You trap a deer or whatever other animal. Hashokhtu, you slaughter it. Vahame Pashto, you skin it. Hamolicho, salt it. Hamaabit as oro, you tan the hide. Vahamochko, you have to smooth the hide out. Vahamechatcho, and then you cut the hide. Those are all in the category of of making the hides, and lastly, we ne- then have hakosu steosis to write two letters. erasing in order to write two letters. This is again; these are actually going to be in the category of constructing the base of migdash because what they would do is they would write on the corner of each on, next to each crush, next to each beam, where they were holding, where where they were, so they knew how to construct the beams exactly the same way each time. Maybe you do this with your sukkah. If you have a paneled sukkah, you write next to the window or next to the door. So they did the same thing with the crush and the crush. And the base of migdash always had to be set up the same way. The cr- each crush, each each beam went in the same place wherever they traveled. So therefore, they would write little letters in order to remember where they went. Habona, the actual construction of the base Hamigdash. Hasoster, the demolition of it as, as when they took it down. Hamachab, extinguishing a fire. Hamavir, kindling the fire. Hamakapatish, and striking the final blow. And that was be a, that was kind of like the the catch-all of the malachos. Anything that when you finished in the final act in any of the malachos was makapatish. Hamotim rishus to rishus, and then transferring an item from one rishus to the next rishus, from one domain to the next domain. The Mishnah is now going to reiterate these are all the Avas Malachos, 39 of them. Says the Mishnah Gimel, Od Klal Achar Amru, this an additional rule that's said by Shabbos. Anything that is fit for someone to store and is in the quantity that someone does store it gives it a sense of chashivas, gives it a significance, and therefore I would say, and if one carries outside in Shabbos, one is liable to bring a chatas. It's a little funny, this here, this really should have been the, uh, bring the, bring the preface to the previous parak when we discussed carrying, what exactly do you have to carry? So we kind of said, spoke in broad categories. You have to carry things that are not clothing. But how much, what's the minimum size? So I'm just going to say that, first of all, it has to be something that someone stores, and it has to be the quantity, the amount that's considered significant that someone would want to store it. If one were to carry one of these things out of Shabbos, they're obligated in the chatas. They must bring a chatas. Again, if they did it by mistake. Anything that's not something that people normally store or at the quantity that someone stores. If one carries on Shabbos, one is not liable unless the person himself says, I want to store it. And then that does give it a significance and they would be liable. I wish you all a wonderful day.